get off my chest today. A lot happened in life, but a lot. I know I'm gonna have a lot of energy today for this episode. If I scream, if I'm a little too loud in your car, wherever you watch the podcast, I apologize. But this is gonna be a fun episode. Welcome to episode five of the West Next Podcast, a wrestling edition. Thank you all for joining me on this episode on this journey today we like i said we have reached over 1030 followers on instagram so thank you all for continuing the growth like we like ever since we've done these what next podcasts sports editions wrestling editions the viewership has gone up so beautifully exactly the way i kind of want it and the downloads are there y'all are showing so much love i'm enjoying doing this with my co-host Say your name, bro. What's up, everybody? Nick Provenzano back at again with the What's Next podcast, episode five, sports edition. And boy, just like Chanel, uh, a lot of things have happened in life and over the weekend that have uh, made us a lot of energized for this podcast episode. And I can't wait to get into it. On the wrestling side, you know, not really a whole lot of bad to get into. Just uh, kind of really looking forward to Extreme Rules. But uh, for the next uh, sports episode, like football and a little bit of a basketball news that we're going to get into have a lot to say about that those topics so you know stay tuned a lot to say and i and i i'm not going to spoil it right now as much as i want to spoil it that's not what i that's not who i am i'm not a spoiler i'm not paul Heyman. you know wait paul Heyman does yeah it's a prediction he says he says it's not a prediction it's a spoiler. it's a spoiler there you go yeah i'm not giving away any spoilers for those sports editions, but this is the wrestling podcast. So thank you all for joining me today. If you don't know already, follow the Instagram underscore what's next podcast underscore. Let's get to a thousand fifty by the next episode. That's our goal for today. I want at least twenty extra followers by the end of this week. Also, if you don't know where to watch this episode already, I'm gonna tell you again. You can watch it on rss.com. You can watch it on Spotify. And you can watch it on Apple Podcasts. All you have to do is search the name Chanel Wilkins, or you can search up the West Next podcast. If you see, if you see the black, if you see the black background with the two great, with the two white clouds, and What's Next with the big caption, you already know that's our podcast. That's me and Nick Provenzato spreading the news, spreading the energy, giving you a whole hour of amazing content. So make sure to check that out. Now let's get into the wrestling, man. Let's get into some a major. Major um, interview that happened, a major podcast that happened today. I mean, not today. Um, that happened earlier this week. Ariel Hawani. We all know Ariel Hawani. You know, one of the biggest MMA journalists ever, arguably the biggest um, MMA journalist ever, former ESPN analyst. This man's also a huge wrestling fan. Has done so much for wrestling as of late. Interviewing guys like Roman Reigns, interviewing Rey Mysterio, Triple H. And this time he interviewed Seth freaking Rollins, and he had quite a lot to say in this uh, epi- in this little podcast episode that he did. And one of them was very interesting, how he talked about, in such a candid way, how he was never quite the guy um, in professional wrestling. He was never like the John Cena, the Roman Reigns, and it's interesting how he talked about how he kind of wants that and he had never received that, and... He might never receive it throughout his career. So I think this kind of brings up kind of the discussion here that me and Nick are going to talk about here. Do you think Seth Rollins, one, was ever the guy in professional wrestling in your eyes? 
Yeah, so I, I guess before we get into it, I uh, just want to quick, quickly just say uh, Ariel Hawani interviews and podcasts are absolutely awesome. Uh, so if any, and especially the Rollins, Triple H, and the MJF interviews he's recently done. So if anybody has a t- chance, go check it out. And you'd obviously be more informed by the topics that we're talking about this during this podcast. But besides that, um, there were some uh, quotes that you know he said during the podcast that really highlighted his feelings about about that and not being the guy. So this is from Cage Side uh, Cage Side in the in the podcast interview, obviously he says uh, when when Ariel Helani was asking him if he's ever felt like he's been the guy, he said, "I just never, I never in some ways, I've never gotten my just due. There's always like I've never been the guy, you know. I've never been the one on the marquee at WrestleMania. It was John Cena. It was Roman. In some regards, when I when I was at the Ring of Honor, it was Nigel and Nigel McGuinness, and it was Brian and Brian Danielson." I was always the guy on the come up or underneath. I was kind of the second or the next big thing type thing, you know? There's always, that always just eats at me. It eats at me so much. I don't know where that competitive spark comes from, but it drives me insane. The thing is, if I was the was that guy, I don't know if I would just go away. I would always find some way to put that chip in there. It's just the way I operate best. I have I have to have it for some reason in everything for better or worse sometimes. So you know I kind of agree with Seth in some aspects that you know he always kind of has a chip on his shoulder and he's always trying to prove something. And you know I do kind of think as he said that he said that quote as I just read from CageSideSuits.com was he listen like he uh, he's always had that competitive chip and he always is trying to prove that he is the best and he is the guy. For um for WWE um but you know I it's really hard to decide if he was ever really the guy he clearly was marketed as the guy at one but it seems like that he that during his like babyface run or as he got injured at that house show against Kane that one night that famously had him relinquish the title it just seems like that guy status has like slowly like disappeared from Seth. Uh, I think he, I think he had, I think he was the clear guy in WWE for I think like a few months at a time. I think he was clearly the established guy when he won the title at WrestleMania after that beautiful cash in, and probably the best cash in in history, if I'm being honest. And then, and then, um. Then obviously everything came crashing down once he was once he like tried to land that that uh that famous video in that house show where I think he was trying to powerbomb Kane, and then he kind of tweaked his knee and that was kind of it, you know. And then like they had to go you know have a whole tournament to decide the new champion. That new champion was Roman, and then the whole story kind of went back to Roman Reigns and how Roman was going to compete and everything like that. Um, and then another way I thought that he was the guy was when he beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania and then took the Universal title from him. I thought that was when he was being positioned as the guy, and he had a very fun Extreme Rules match with his wife, Becky, against uh, Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans, so that was really good. But then the crowd slowly started to turn on him, and by the time he came to feud with The Fiend, 
uh, people were getting really sick of his babyface character. So in certain, I would say this, in certain instances, he was the guy. At certain times, certain moments, he was the guy. But I think he's ultimately correct because I think, and I'm, I'm not speaking about ROH with Danielson and Nigel McGuinness. I'm talking about specifically WWE. Cena was always ahead of him. Hell, even Randy was always ahead of him. Uh, I think Roman was always being pushed to be ahead of him, even though it didn't really work. But he was he was also being pushed ahead of him. So yeah, I kind of agree with Seth. I don't think if we're looking at the complete magnitude of his career, he's never been really the guy. He's always been like the second in command. Even now, even now as the pay per views have gone on and he's been feuding with Matt Riddle and Cody Rhodes and you know, he's kind of taken the under seat as like the second biggest heel, obviously behind Roman. But you see that he's competing in the matches right underneath the main event card. And who's in the main event but Roman Reigns. So, yeah, that's just my opinion. I think there's been instances that Rollins has been the guy, but not enough. And I think Roman has just, especially now, Roman has put his foot, uh, you know, on the WWE. And he's just, like, he's, he's held that, that guy status ever since. Yeah, so when I think of Seth Rollins being the guy, I can't, the more I think about it, the more he just unfortunately never was and i don't think that has so much to do with seth rollins and his talent because clearly he is the supremely elite wrestler i don't think anyone's questioning that uh that man has been extremely important to modern wrestling in the past 10 years whether it was him in the shield and being the heel in the shield when he turned on uh, Ambrose and uh, Roman Reigns, who Ambrose now John Moxley for those who don't watch AEW, uh, he was he was a, he's a big stable for the past ten years. So you gotta give him a lot of credit for that. You gotta remember to give him his respect on that. But unfortunately for him, I just don't ever see him being the guy. The closest I think he ever was to the guy in professional wrestling, like the main star. Was like you said, maybe for like months at a time when top guys like Brock Lesnar, John Cena, Roman was suspended. Like I think of 2015 SummerSlam. I think of his match where he had uh, to defend the world title and the United States title twice. You know, he had to face Sting and John Cena on the same night. That's like one of the only nights I remember, and only time, only period I remember when he felt like he was the main guy. But even then, he wasn't the main event. The main event of that show was Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker, and the rematch right after Brock Lesnar broke the streak. So at that time, it was still Brock Lesnar as the guy. And, you know, John Cena, it, and obviously he's never going to pass John Cena. He's in a, it's kind of like an unfortunate spot for him. Like he, Now Roman Reigns is doing the best work of his career, and Roman Reigns is clearly the number one guy in professional wrestling. Yeah, he's kind of like, he's, uh, he's kind of a sidekick of the main guy. Like He's just kind of the guy who you know is going to be a great secondary star. You know that when Roman Reigns faces Seth Rollins, that's going to draw ratings, but you know it's going to be primarily because of the head of the table. You know it's not going to be because of Seth freaking Rollins as much as I'm a fan of him. And also, you got to think about how he's tried so many things to reinvent himself, whether it was the Monday Night Messiah, whether it was him in the Authority, whether it was him in the Shield. Like, he tried so many different things. Even the little goofy um, suit, even when he started wearing the goofy suits, like, you know, and doing the really heelish, annoying-ass laugh. He tried so many ways to reinvent himself. It just, 
unfortunately, sometimes there's just someone better than you, and Seth Rollins always has someone who's just a little bit better than him when he was doing his best work, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, and I think this new character that he has right now, like this brash, evil laughing, the crowd singing his whole, whoa, theme song when he comes out. He's, he's, he's resonating with the crowd, and he's a heel. Like, I mean, this dude is like... In terms of, like, how Chris Jericho always reinvented himself, Rollins is actually right there reinventing different versions of his character to keep and refreshing himself in the minds of fans, and I think that's really good. Also, I would like to add, because I know you said that if they ever do have a match, it'll mostly come off the back of Roman. I wouldn't say that necessarily, because, in my opinion, a lot of mainstream fans know about Seth Rollins. Like, a lot of mainstream, like, like people, like casuals, also know about Seth, because he's had a match with at least, like, all of them. Like, he's had a match with at least Brock Lesnar, John Cena, Roman Reigns. He's established himself as, like, one of the marquee guys. I always think, I know this is a little off topic, but, you know, like, we always talk about in the sports world if Eli Manning is really a Hall of Famer. And some people come down to saying that Eli, you can't really write the story of the NFL without talking about Eli Manning, which is why he should get in. You can't really write the story of, of WWE, especially for the last couple of decades without stuff. You just can't. I agree. Like, his influence is just too important at this point so i feel like if they ever did have a wrestlemania type match together which for some reason other than that triple threat match between him and him and brock that happened for like a good like three minutes i i don't understand how we haven't gotten that yet because the, these guys there listen there are a lot of ways that they can book who could be in the wrestlemania main event for this upcoming year year for 2023 and in one, in one of those universes, it could be Seth. You know, it could be a lot of people. It could be Seth. It could be Cody. It could even be The Fiend. It could be Sami Zayn. Like, it could be a lot of people that you... It could be Drew. You know, it could be Braun. Like, there's a lot of ways you can, you can like, Whoa. book it to, to you know, like, in, in your own way. Could book either Roman dropping two or just one of the titles. But I feel like if you ever had a chance to put Rollins in that, in that match, especially now, like, I just think that like his draw power would be good enough especially nowadays because i think he's at the top of his game and roman's clearly on top of his game those two collided again for at, 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 for mania like like the numbers might be insane with their characters right now like damn like it's crazy and it'd also be crazy too because they're both technically heels and they both have like the admiration of the crowd behind them so that would be a sight to see wouldn't it it absolutely would be but i kind of just think of it as like obviously we're giving him his flowers because I think we all know Seth Rollins is a, a star. He's not questioning whether he's a star or not. And that's not why he's upset. He's clearly been treated well. He clearly has his attention. Clearly he's been paid very well. He's a multi-millionaire. So, like, obviously he's done his work. But what he's at him is that he's not Roman Reigns. He's never been the John Cena. He's never been the Brock Lesnar. You know, like, the main face of the company. I'm not sh- and, and at this point he's only getting he's only getting older more talent is only emerging like I I, I know it's easy at him I know I'm sure it bothers him a lot because anyone with that competitive edge like Seth Rollins I'm, I can tell has you know especially watching his face in the interview when he was saying saying this stuff like it looked like, tell a, it was real. 
Yeah, it, it, you can tell Hurst and it was really eating at him. But if you, but you know, he almost kind of at this point has to kind of accept that you know he's a number. He he is an excellent number two or number three. He's he's a guy who's right there amongst the stars. He's just not the star. Uh, but I honestly don't think. I, I also think it's the look too, because we're still we were still living in the Vince era, you know, when Roman was still like doing great. And I think that like you go, look at how Seth is also built too. He's very athletic. He can do all the high-flying moves, but you also gotta understand, he's not as built as Roman, or he's not as built as John Cena, he doesn't, or Lesnar, he doesn't have this giant physique that fit Vince's, you know, like, you know, fit, fit Vince's, like, oh yeah, he's a champion, because at that time, and even during the creative team, I feel, feel like a lot of people in the creative team right now think that exact way, that like, oh, there's a certain look to how a champion is. And I just feel like that he was always a skinnier version. He's obviously he's got fucking abs on abs on abs. He works out. He does. He does. He does. He's a great worker. But for some reason, at this point, he's just the number two. I feel like if 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 Triple H took over maybe like five years ago, then maybe things would have been a tad bit different. I'm not because you know Vince's Vince's vision has always been Roman. Yeah, like Vince's vision has always been Roman is at the top ever since 2000, like the 2000 what 14 Royal Rumble. I mean, come on, it's been obvious, man. It's been obvious that 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 Roman has been pushed and pushed and pushed. And let's be honest, like Roman has just figured out this character now. Who knows if Roman? We could have gotten this Roman too because if Roman spoke up and said, "I wanted to do this. I wanted Paul Heyman by my side." But you know, I'm also saying that if Triple H took over and Triple H is mo- mostly has always been bad for Seth. Like you, you know, like it, it, it kind of makes you wonder: Would Seth have always been the the heel main event guy? You know what I mean? Would he have been booked differently? Would he have been booked stronger than how he was booked in the Vince era? You know, who knows? That's a story for a different day, a topic for a different time. But I'm just saying, just it's. A possibility i mean we can't go back in time but I, I feel like you know triple h protects and his guys and you know triple uh i just want to say that sheamus had, had a really big banger of a match at clash of the castle and sheamus is a big triple h guy and you know i feel like that uh you know i feel like if some of the triple h guys from especially from nxc were still around right now i feel like the championship scene and the main event scene would have looked a whole lot different but you can't get mad at vince for that like again Vince ultimately was right about Roman. Like I know people want to hate on Vince and be like, "Oh, he he ruined he ruined this, he ruined that, he's wrong about this and wrong about that." We all we're all looking now. Like, yeah, you were right about Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns was the best guy to put. He was the right guy to push. It was just the way he was pushed out was wrong. It wasn't the guy. It wasn't the guy. It was how he was doing it. So but, wrong, some, but, but I mean, like in some cases, he was still wrong because he pushed him. He pushed him the exact wrong way, and he's pushed him far worse for more. He's you. You can agree with this too. Come on, he's been pushed far worse for more years, and he's been pushed better. Let's be real here. He's been pushed worse in more years. But those WrestleMania main events, like the amount of WrestleMania main events that he's had, even if they, even at the time you didn't believe he should have been there, those WrestleManias help him in the GOAT conversation, which clearly Roman, um, which clearly where Vince wanted Roman to be. You know, he wanted him to be the GOAT. Seth Rollins, he, I think he, li- Vince likes Seth Rollins, you know, not, again, unfortunately not everyone can be the guy. That's why there's only one single, that's why the guy, just one. 
singular. Everyone everyone wants that top spot. Finn Balor wants that top spot. Braun Strowman wants that top spot. Um, for, and Seth is definitely deserving to be a top spot guy. Just unfortunately, you know, the cream the cream rises to the top. The elite are this elite, you know. And I just and I don't believe Seth Rollins is the best guy in WWE, and I don't think he ever was the best. I think he's amongst them, and I think he absolutely deserves, you know, the money, the adulation, and the position that he's in right now where he gets that creative freedom. He gets to, you know, do what he kind of wants to do. But um, it's 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 sad. It's a sad truth for him. There's just someone every time a little bit better than Seth Rollins. Well, I mean, the best is a conversation. Like I said, a conversation for another day is who's the best sure. wrestler, especially in WWE. But, you know, I'd, I'd certainly put him, like, top five right now. Certainly. Oh, 100%. Not a question. Like, in terms of, like, overall character, wrestling abilities, mic work, I think I definitely put him like top five. But um yeah, I just listen, time passed him by and there's really nothing we could really do about it. Like like I said, I I'll reiterate this just maybe to end off on this conversation, but it could have happened in a perfect world where, you know, he didn't tweak his knee and, you know, like the main event scene didn't go on without him. I feel like a lot of that also had to hinge on his injury because who knows what could have happened if he if, if he was if he was like never got injured. Who knows if Roman ever sniffed the title until like later on in his career. So like, you know, it, it's also it's a matter of circumstance too. But yeah, I just think that I think Rollins is right that he also might never have it because Roman's at the top of his game and I think that they already have a plan of who they who they want to dethrone him. Uh, and from what I think, I just don't think Seth will be the person who will ultimately. But you don't rule it out. It would be a great match. But I just don't think they're going that direction either. So I think Rollins is right. That time might have already like come and gone. Well, speaking of, well, speaking of top guys in professional wrestling, I kind of... It's kind of interesting that you brought up that a top a top five superstar in wrestling right now is Seth Rollins, and I completely agree. But who would you? But let's talk about like you know if we could run it because we're we're talking about Seth Rollins. You know if we were running if we were running professional wrestling, like if we could you know decide if he could be the top guy, how would we book him being the top guy? I, I want to know. Like imagine you are Triple H right now. Just go through the entire wrestling industry. If you could pick a guy to run your whole company around. What would it be Seth Rollins or would it be someone else? Um, so here's the thing. When I, we, when I first, when we first became friends and when I first decided, you know, I, I, I want to help, you know, Chanel on one of his podcasts. One of the first ever podcasts that I was on was we draft people, wrestlers, tag teams, women, women's division, uh, wrestlers to a roster and you picked Roman and I picked Seth. And, um, I still think, well, that was when Roman, the whole acknowledge me thing was just taking off. So, you know. Forgive me for not having a whole lot of faith in the guy, but he's on top of this game right now, and he is killing it, and there's no question that Roman is number one in the world. However, I would like to... I, I, I'll name a couple people, but I would also just like to say the, the top three are all from the same fact. It's Roman, then it's Seth, and then it's Dean or John Moxley. Because, like, it's... In my opinion, it's all three. I think... I think Right now. Well, right now. And all, wow. they're all three the best in, in wrestling. I think that, like, overall character... 
overall like work rate, overall ability to hold themselves and, and just continue to create like great um, storylines and, and create moments with the fans and everything. I mean, I think especially after what happened with the whole all out bullshit that happened in AEW, yeah. the way that the way that MJF, who I also would put in that top five, and John Moxley came out and just did business of how they were supposed to do and just continued to just like take on the AEW and just keep it going amazing to me and i just feel like that 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 promo of moxley trying to come back and, and win that title and saying i'm not the biggest i'm not the best i'm not the best wrestler but i'm going to win that title and i'm going to take this company and we're going to keep riding with AEW. i think i spoke volumes to like how much he believes in his roster and how much he he, he views himself as one of the locker room leaders and i feel like that's where moxley ranks he just he's three like i i honestly think he's three like he's 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 a company he, i think he's he's for the company i think that he still has amazing matches i mean dude if you don't believe me go see him and danielson like dude that was that was that was awesome yeah i guess his own stable mate that was pretty awesome match um like he he, he just has a, a great character it's stone it's a stone cold xs character but you know i don't give a fuck like i'm coming out here i'm coming out in the crowd singing wild thing you make my heart sing yeah it's just crazy oh, like, listen listen uh, <laughs> I mean, and and Moxley also also hypes up the crowd as much too. I mean, he's and and you know he's on top and he's a three time AEW champion for a reason. I mean, it, they they Booker's definitely see the potential in him, and he's always had the potential in, in WWE. So I mean, it, it, it's a good thing that they continue to ride with him as one of the pillars of AEW. In my opinion, and obviously we just talked about Seth and Roman. Seth is just like, like I, I'll mention it again. He reinvented himself so many different times. He is white hot with the crowd right now he knows how to build stories especially what he's been doing to him and riddle he gets into the minds of a lot of his opponents including uh, reigns when he came out to the shield music at royal rumble like he's just fucks with them so much and he knows how to get inside their head and it almost very reminiscent of how randy orton's legend killer gimmick was kind of getting into the heads of a lot of his his opponents like how randy orton tried to get into the head of the undertaker back in their feuds it was really reminiscent of that and i think that rollins is playing it up great as a as a heel who will get into the mind of their opponent and he's just he's killing it right now but the guy who is killing it killing it is without a doubt the tribal chief acknowledge him roman reigns like he is just the he's at, he's the he's the pinnacle of the industry I know Chanel has said this multiple times on the podcast. I like listen. I love MJF, but listen, once you you gotta be throwing Roman, bro. Like Roman is sorry, the best wrestler in the world, and he's got the best faction with him. He's got two of the titles. Definitely killing it on the mic. He he knows how to dupe the crowd. He knows how to how to play with emotions. Like Reigns has been in this business for so long through all his ups and downs bad booking good booking he's kind of used all that and created a character that is organic and that he enjoys playing himself and ultimately i just think that that's where all of them stand if i were just give you a general opinion i would say roman seth and dean or, or mox but if you had to ask me which one i'd pick all of them they're all like viable options to be the top guy in wrestling but i had to pick one to be roman i don't we don't disagree there roman i think is kind of undisputed the top guy at this point in wrestling uh over anyone in aw new japan wherever you want ring of honor wherever you, you wherever you choose right i think it's clear roman's the top guy now and I had to pick other guys to build around. I, I think the idea of all three Shield members is an interesting idea. And I like Moxley. I, and I do like Moxley, especially 
as a promo. Not so much as a wrestler. I, I do think some of his matches get to be a little much, but I definitely respect Moxie's talent, and also his drawing power is, is very legit. He is, to me, the face of AEW. It's a good question. So I mean, I mean, I, I think we should also open it up to not just people who you'd book around in the future, but also who do you think is supremely underrated, or who you think you could book around to be the top guy. That's a good question. So the answer MGF's got to be up there, right? Yeah, absolutely. So to answer your question, I think the top three guys in wrestling right now for me are Roman, Moxley, and I would say, would I say Seth Rollins? Am I going to agree with Nick? On am I going to agree with Nick here? I mean, I, I mean, it wouldn't be a uh, bad choice. It's I not mean, a bad choice at all. For this, for the sake of being different, if you want to add somebody else in there, go ahead. But in, but when you think about wrestling and dude, who's been who's been in our wrestling lives for the past decade? Let's be honest. I think I'll still go Brock right now, but oh. I mean, does I mean does Brock count? Because he's barely there. Like does Brock count? I mean, if I mean, it depends. I mean, you're the one booking the company, so I mean, if you want a guy who stays around for like, I mean, there's no doubt that when Brock when Brock goes out there, you get a marquee main event match. That's no doubt about that. But and he's also got the if you stick with this character right now, he can also really draw that baby face energy too, which is you know, I was very refreshing seeing this version of Brock. Just saying, but uh, he wouldn't be my choice just because I, I think I need a champion that's always gonna be there, Re regardless if Roman is going part time or not. Like he. Roman's is, Roman has been there for a lot. Roman, you know what Roman truly cares. He yeah. truly cares. Like, he's been there for a lot of it. He's going to be in, like, the marquee of marquee matches. Like, he's going to make appearances on SmackDown and Raw. Even if he doesn't fight, sometimes you don't always get that with Brock. That's true. So, yeah. Um, but to address your underrated question, like, who would I want to, like, push to that level right now? That's a... I really, if this one might surprise you. I really like Ricky Starks. Oh, that's that's a, that's a good choice. That's a good choice. I really think Ricky Starks should be one of the top guys in AEW, and I don't know why he's not. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna listen. Listen for all the viewers out there on our podcast, which you can find on RSS, uh, Spotify, and you, 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 like, listen, it, it's it's we need to address this especially for me okay i'm not here to shit on your opinions or anything i i actually like the ricky starks but i'm not jim Cornette ready to babble on and talk about how these how these guys are like fucking like five nine and could do flips and shit all right like i'm not about to hate on people's choices so but yeah i, I don't disagree with starks i like i like gunther gunther the really good one i would want to push to the main event level i really like him who else? There's a lot. Of, there's a, quite a few guys. Like I like Damian Priest quite a bit. Uh, who else? Austin Theory. To go back to uh, AEW. To go back to AEW, I really like Miro when he shows up. Miro, that's interesting. When he shows up, he barely shows up. It's like he doesn't even work there. But I really like Miro. Obviously, MJF, clearly. Um, and then, uh, I was say those are the main guys I, I really, like, think deserve a way significant better push than they have right now. Like, I, it's, I would say especially uh, Gunther. Gunther is probably my number one guy. Like, why is he not in the main event right now? Why is he not, you know, 
fa facing guys like Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns right now. Why is he not there? Like, that's my number one guy. Um, there's always been a guy, and if anybody who's ever known me, I, I glow about him. I have a shirt. I always wear my King of Swing shirt. I mean, it's always been Cesaro for me, or Claudio Casagnoli has always been somebody who has always resonated with the fans, and I know that he doesn't have the same, like, mic skills as a lot of people. Um, I, I think, I think like, in a, in a perfect world, I'm pretty sure you'd have to maybe put Claudio or... Or Gunther with like somebody like Paul Heyman or a manager that could really speak for them because there there a lot of people maybe are turned off by like how they are European and they have like these accents and everything and you know a lot of creative team unfortunately thinks that way too so Sadly. Claudio would be one of them Gunther's obviously up there I have always loved Tyler Bate I, I think Tyler Bate has always <laughs> been phenomenal to me. I also think a guy, honestly, who you can probably book as champion right now, no hesitation, like, if you booked him right, Adam Cole. Uh, Adam Cole, I think is, I think Adam Cole is one of the greatest, like, in, in, like, in my opinion, like, he, he did so much good work for, for, for NXT, he did so much good work for the, for, uh, UE, he was one of the, like, top, like, workers, in my opinion. I think his championship run was very, like, underrated, and I think people need to realize that he had some fucking bangers of matches when he was... I agree with that. When, when, when Adam Cole was, was, the champ, was the champion for NXT. Um, so many people who didn't get their due in, in, in WWE. Joe, Samoa Joe. Yeah, like, like uh, I mean, who else? There's a lot of, there's a lot of names. Starks is up there. I mean, obviously, MJF. I mean, I think like, Powerhouse Hobbs too. I think Powerhouse Hobbs is really Hobbs cool. is good too. Hobbs is like there's a lot of names in a perfect world. Like I said, I am not Jim Cornette. Okay, I'm not about to shit on why you think this guy is like right or be like, oh, he's five foot and he doesn't look like a wrestler. He looks like he's like works at a Burger King or some shit. I don't know where the fuck Jim Cornette says. Like he's just the angry old man. But anyway, like. I, I don't give a shit about about people and, the, and their opinions of, of why they can't. It's just that if I can env envision it as as a top guy, and I feel like a lot of them could be. Also, uh, Balor is one is one. Uh, theory, if you book Theory right, could be. I think theory, I think if that were the case, Theory should still be heel. I, I don't think that. I think he works too good as a heel to. Uh, he does. To, to be to be a champion, I don't think he'd he'd really work that much as a babyface. Um, off, and off the top of my head, I mean, Sami Zayn. I've always loved Sami. I think right. I think he'd be I think he'd be a really cool like Daniel Bryan s type of champion if you booked him like that. Uh, dude, Kevin Owens. I mean, how how could you not how how could you not like KO, dude? KO has been. I mean, if it, I mean, there's a reason why they strapped the universal title to him. I mean, I know that Jericho's. Uh, list and his scarf were, you know, kind of blocking that whole reign. And I know that they kind of, that kind of where all the momentum went. But Ko is a very good worker. He's he gives he gives you like banger after banger of matches, and he's amazing on the microphone. Ko is amazing and can draw, and he makes you can disagree with me or not, but he makes the audience feel as a babyface and as a heel. I mean, that was obvious when when him and Elias fucking like made made them made. Seattle booed the shit out of them for saying that they don't need a basketball team because the Seattle Sonics are out there. You saw how they booed the shit out of him. And when he went up against Austin Theory a couple weeks ago and let Austin know how he felt, you got a real great babyface reaction from that. KO is just that type of guy. And one last guy, I would say, well, two of them, actually, were, for, we're NXT alumni also, 
is Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. I mean, you you want to tell me if some of the, I, have, there's only two real storylines in wrestling that I've really fallen in love with. One of them was my one of my favorites is, is Sting and his rise to become the Crow Sting in WCW and his rise from turning like colorful face paint to black and white. And the other one is Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa. DIY and the implosion of DIY is probably my favorite story in wrestling ever. I'm not going to lie to you guys. It's probably my favorite story in wrestling ever. Of the two two friends that became bitter enemies, how one became one of the, probably the best heel in NXT ever, and to possibly one of the greatest baby faces in NXT ever. And Triple H created that, and he just, like, that story was just absolutely amazing between those two. And then when they came as a tag team, we all fucking loved it, too, because we all know that they were a fucking phenomenal tag, too. Those are two guys... Without a doubt, especially if we were back back in a time machine five years ago, I'd push to the moon easily. Like 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 push to the moon easily. They were they were they created the best TV program, especially best main event TV program I've ever seen in a while. All right, so I'm gonna give you a chance to counter this real quick. Um, I don't. I'm actually not a big Johnny Gargano guy. I'm not. I know. I know. I knew that was gonna make Nick upset, but I'm not a Johnny Gargano. I love Tommaso Ciampa. I think he, I think he is phenomenal, especially at the heel. I think he's a, I think he's an excellent heel. Johnny Gargano, I again, I'm he's gonna think I'm trying to be Jim Cornette, but he kind of to me it can sometimes be Johnny Same Face. I think he can sometimes just be a little bland. I, you know, sometimes you just don't get him. You know, you just kind of don't understand what he is. That's just my opinion on Johnny Gargano. Uh, you know, I love you know, I know, I'm, I'm not too upset with that. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not too upset. I, I just think that Johnny has been has been the. I, I don't. I, I think he's been the baby face of NXT easily. I mean, that's just how I, I I've always felt. I mean, he's just he he didn't really need a strong like character work. I mean, we really just we really love Johnny because of his heart in the ring. I mean, that's really been his character. He's he's literally the. The, the little engine that could, the guy who literally will put it all in the ring. I mean, that's always been the character that all the NXT fans of Johnny Gargano was always have always fallen in love with. I mean, I feel like he didn't really need this complex character. And for a lot of babyface characters, I mean, when you really get down to it, there's not really much booking behind that, right? I mean, Cody Rhodes is coming back, and I know he's got the crazy neck tattoo, but he's ultimately coming back to like to be like, I want to impress my dad and and put and give and have this title for the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. I mean. It's kind of the same thing if you really think about it for Johnny Gargano. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, it's just like, I want to be the best. I'm going to prove to you I'm the best. I'm going to create a banger of a match, and I'm just going to prove that I am Johnny Five Star. I am Johnny Wrestling. That's kind of, I have a shirt that says the whole Johnny, Johnny fucking Gargano, the whole shebang, because he really isn't. You know what? And that's okay. You know, I, 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 I thought he was going to get more upset. I know he's going to get upset later, but it's okay. <laughs> I know he's going to go off on the road. Now, we've been talking about the, you know, the guys in professional wrestling, the men in professional wrestling. What about the women? Like, there's a, there's a lot of talented women in the company, so much so that is there a possibility that we might get a mid-card title? Uh, Raquel Gonzalez was on a Bleacher Report podcast, and she talked about how, you know, she wants WWE to introduce a mid-card title for the female division. Now, Nick... Real quick, just what's your thoughts on having a mid-card title in the women's division? I mean, here's the thing. In I feel like in this version of of what we have right now with the women's division, 
I don't think it necessarily works too much unless you do it how the women's tag team titles were being defended on pretty much like every like brand because that's when it was first created. It was being defended on every brand. But now the NXT have the NXT women women's tag team titles, so you know now there's a brand title for that. But the NXT tag, but the WWE tag titles, women tag titles are being fought over Raw and SmackDown. In my opinion, in this state, you would have to have a mid card championship for women be defended on on SmackDown, on Raw, possibly NXT, because I need I, I think that title needs to get more exposure. Um, and I think that's good, ultimately, honestly. I was very excited the, of the prospect of having Solo Sokoa, uh, Solo Sokoa uh, come on to um, the main roster, and I, I enjoyed the prospect of him uh, going on and eventually uh, taking the, the NXT North American title with him. Unfortunately, that never that never came to be, but I always thought it was really good to have the main roster had a lot of exposure, you know? So, in my opinion, I feel like that if they do have a mid-card title right now, I feel like that that's how they should book it. I feel like the mid-card title should be kind of used around Raw or SmackDown usually, and it should be defended on those shows and especially pay-per-view events. Um, maybe certain pay-per-view events, because I know that that kind of takes away from rivalry matches a lot. But, um, I mean, for real, though, I mean, when was when was the last time we really had an, a, a women's rivalry match? I mean, it's usually for the champ, if we're being completely honest. So, um, that's just my thoughts about it. If you had my honest, honest opinion, because I just, I just gave you the breakdown of how it was in the current state. But if you had my honest opinion, I would try to morph the two, the, the women and the Raw women's and the SmackDown women's belt together. And I would create one, ultimately one belt. Because I think that the women's division right now is still very limited limited because you have a lot of these names and everything i mean y'all saw what happened in the royal rumble i mean the amount of surprise returns they had needed for the royal rumble was like crazy because like they just needed to fill spots to people who were either viable or could compete with the championship uh and they just don't have the numbers right now in my opinion so i think what needs to happen is establish a clear mid-card title have the two titles unified and kind of have like both of those titles be showcased or defended on each show i know that probably won't happen but that's just how i would book stuff because i'm just not a big fan of the raw women's and SmackDown women's titles like separately now especially with a, a depleted roster but adding a mid-card title would add some legitimacy to the division because like oh there's another thing there's another title to it so it could work under the right circumstance that's all i'm saying i actually a thousand percent agree with nick here i think that's actually a perfect solution and Nick isn't going to hear this often that I agree with him and all that. He's just not going to hear it often. But for today, he for today and on this topic, he's going to hear that I 100% agree with him. And I believe that his solution is perfect. Merge the, te- merge the SmackDown Women's title and the Raw Women's title together. Because I like Nick, I, I think it kind of clutters the division having two main titles. If you just push them together, then there's absolutely a viable um, mid-card title there and it can make perfect sense but having two main titles of smackdown and women's and raw women's title and then a mid-card title on top of that it kind of does make the roster extremely thin and then you know you know how and you have to have the title defended on a pay-per-view so that's just another mat they have to have on a pay-per-view when wrestling already has too many matches on pay-per-views right now so it's just kind of so it just kind of would be kind of clutter at this point but if you did nick solution it's a per- then it's perfect you know so give credit to um master booker nick there hell of a job man i mean it, 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 it like i said it could only work in a in a very 
small, confined area of, of wrestling. But, I mean, you, you guys know it's not up to me. It's not up to Chanel. It's up to the great powers to be in W Creative and Triple H. I mean, they got to decide how to really... I mean, the women's division isn't horrible, but it's no, still needs a bit of a, it needs a bit of tweaking, you know. Like, and I just feel like in this situation, like I saw a meme today of it's that meme of like of like a mom helping helping like a child in the in the pool, and like the in in the back a kid is like drowning, right? And the mom is supposed to be Triple H, and the kid being helped is the is the Raw Women's Division, and the SmackDown Women's Division is like drowning in the back. That's honestly how I feel right now. I mean, like I don't think it's it's that bad, but I mean, like it just seems like it's just like Liv and whoever Liv needs to beat in order to continue her reign. Like it just seems like that when you look at Bianca and her situation, right? She's got Bailey. She's got she's got EO. She's got um, you know Becky when she comes back. She's got um, uh, Dakota. Uh, Oscar's there. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people. Bliss is there. A lot of people you can you can easily like have to like have more like women's singles matches for the women's Rollins title. In my opinion, there's only a finite amount of people you can have compete for, like, you know, like, the women, the SmackDown women's one, because you only really have, I mean, what, she beat Shayna, right? In which Shayna really badly sold her finisher. Uh, and then she's fighting Ronda, I think, again. And um, Ronda kind of clean, sl- clean swept her way through the entire roster. And after Ron, if, if she be- ends up beating Ronda, or if Ronda ends up beating her, I mean, where do you go from there? Like maybe maybe in a world, another world, Ronda takes that title and she goes over to the Raw Women's section and she challenges like Bianca or Bailey or whoever might be holding it after the end of Extreme Rules. So that could work, and I feel like that's the only real solution they're gonna have to fix the the SmackDown division and to have it merge with Raw. So that's just my opinion. I think that's the only way you could work. And that's the only way a mid card women's title could work in wrestling, in my opinion. No, it, yeah, I absolutely agree. Now, before we do our final topic, once again, I want to make sure you all follow the West Next Podcast. Or if you don't know the Instagram already, it's underscore West Next Podcast underscore. We're going to get to 1,050 followers by the end of this week. You know, remember that. Also, you know where to find these episodes, rss.com, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. Those are where you can find these amazing episodes me and Nick do and work so hard and work so diligently to get to you. So make sure to check those out. Also, sponsorship opportunities are coming very soon. I am, to give you a little bit of inside information, I can't tell you too much, but we are in conversation with a sponsor when the time comes we will be uh sharing them with you guys so i cannot wait for that and i know uh me and nick can't wait for that either that'll be really cool so to wrap up you know we got we, we've got uh, still a little bit more time left this is an interesting topic and i'm glad drew mcintyre someone we didn't talk a whole lot about this episode because we were talking about top guys throughout this whole episode interesting drew mcintyre's name didn't come up so much but he did have something very interesting to say, and he was quoted this week as to saying that he does not like the idea of celebrities coming in and competing for wrestling titles. He thinks that should be people who have worked their way up and worked so hard to get there. Nick, this brings up the debate here, and we may or may not disagree on this. I don't know. How do you feel about celebrities competing for wrestling titles? Or is this something you're okay with? Okay, so... 
a lot of things need to work in order for it to be right. That's all I'm going to say. First of all, when you talk about celebrities, you can mean a whole host of different things. Sure. You can be talking about influencers on certain social media platforms, or you can talk about actual celebrity sports uh, people, either being in the world of baseball, football, boxing, MMA, something of that nature, right? Right now, currently, obviously, the biggest thing is Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns that's going to take place at Crown Jewel. Obviously, I feel like Logan wasn't he on Disney Channel? I feel like he was on Disney Channel at one point. Yeah. yeah. Th th then he went. Then he was on YouTube. Did some crazy stuff on YouTube. And now he is. Obviously, he had the whole fight with KSI, and now KSI and him are on a sponsorship. That's really crazy. Think about how they were literally kind of hit each other's brains out one year and now on the same team. But that's besides the point. But yeah, now he finds himself in the WWE. Already has a win against Miz under his belt, and now um, is on this path to competing for a title. So it's weird to see like somebody who I when I always think of Logan, I always think about like Instagram. Or, or like I think about Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, an influencer of social media that like kind of is now in the public eye fighting for a wrestling title, which is really crazy. But I feel like it should really only be reserved for people who can legitimately kick your ass in a fight. Like I, I think that usually um, if they're going to go for a main title, especially since he's coming after Roman's titles, that... You know, Logan's a pretty tall, pretty muscular dude, so, you know, I don't have any problem with him trying to, you know, scrap a Roman and try to see if he can really, like, honestly take the titles away from him. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but, I mean, it's a match. It's a match you can definitely do, and it, it's a match that you can do, too, against in Saudi, because it's... For us casual viewers, we also kind of don't really want to see Logan, especially in the title picture right now. So why not show it to a very casual audience that really doesn't really know any better about what's going on? But um, yeah, I just I just don't think that titles like that need to be defended for like for like uh, celebrities. I mean, most celebrity matches are really one and done, and they kind of like get a win, and then they kind of just like go off doing whatever they do, and not in the world of professional wrestling. So, eh, it's weird, because they're not going to be on the show as much, and they're not going to be booked as much, and if anything, they're going to be part-time, so I don't understand why they would fight for titles. That's just my opinion. I just, I just don't think that it is the world well professional wrestling doesn't exactly need that and i don't think i think it'll be just fine without it so i'm from two i come from two perspectives here i hear what you're saying and i don't necessarily disagree with the fact that celebrities maybe should it maybe shouldn't be competing for big time championships like the wrestling like the wwe championship especially considering some of the wrestlers that are legendary who have never competed for it but what i will say is that you and drew mcintyre recognizes you know the value of having celebrities in wrestling and having them on this big platform it's not like he's like completely against celebrity being in wrestling or even, or, or even just 100% completely against them competing for titles. So I kind of agree with Drew McIntyre. Like, I think the main titles shouldn't be competed for by celebrities. I think you have other titles that they can compete for that make sense. The, you know, the 24-7 championship makes a lot of sense. Now... For someone who's working as hard as Logan Paul, you know, maybe their own, you know, maybe Intercontinental title, U.S. title, you know, I think that can, I think that's fair, but I think putting him amongst, you know, your biggest rest, your biggest top tier wrestlers, your Roman Reigns, your Drew McIntyre, your Seth Rollins, your Fiend, your, uh, you know, Braun Strowman's of the world, like, that's, 
that I think that can be a little much. Um, even Logan Paul can legitimately beat them up. You, you know, they don't have the boxing experience Logan Paul does, which I can't believe I'm saying, but that's just the case. It's just that it's just I can understand how it doesn't sit right with people, especially like the wrestlers who have been trying so hard to get to that point and they just never got there. But when it comes to business and when it comes to money, you can't really consider that. You gotta consider what's best for your product. So I I understand both sides. Um, I kind of I don't know I don't know if I disagree or agree with you on the whole mid card title things because I in one sense I do agree in terms of in terms of like I don't believe that you know um I don't believe that in WWE I don't think I should really ever see Logan win the North American title or the Intercontinental title or the United States title I think he should stay away from those um but if we're talking about like AEW holy shit there you can put a title on him the next day and no one will bat an eye because like one it's a new company and two these guys just have so much plethora of like titles that like you don't even like realize like dude like I was watching and I was very happy that like you know like ROH's titles being defended but now it's being defended in like the main in like the lesser parts of the show even though it's a world title of one of the biggest wrestling organizations like it's really crazy they're treating that title with so much like disrespect by putting it in the middle of the card I mean like how do they feel about other titles are just being like held on to you know what I mean so you can just have a title that is being a literally a placeholder in AEW and just give it to somebody like like Logan and possibly give that title like some like imagine if Logan took an AEW title right yeah like something he was walking and beat up Hook yeah like like I mean like Hook I mean I'm pretty sure he'd eat Hook for breakfast I mean like let's be honest here and then like like let's say he takes his title away and then he brings it on to Impulsive his podcast right I think that's great. Like, I think that would be great, like, to, like, to, like, have that in his studio, right? Just have the title sit there. And then people, and then the, like, mainstream casual audience is going to be like, oh, what's that thing right there, right? Let me go look that up, right? What is what is this title that Logan has? And then they'll realize it's an AEW title, and then they'll tune more into AEW and realize what AEW is. Because Logan Paul will be on that network. See, well, Logan Paul... WWE. Well, I mean, but the thing is, at, at WWE is that, like... The WWE titles have so much prestige behind them, you know. I feel like, it, and and they're really designed for like, because in one in one aspect, I'm re- I'm crediting Logan for his for for his ability to be in the, to be a, a a social media like juggernaut figure, right? But another aspect, I'm also disrespecting him in the fact that he's not a true wrestler you got you know and all the viewer viewers who know the intercontinental title is a workhorse work rate title and we all know that like it's really put on people who <laughs> excuse me put on people who are supposed to be either the next in line or they're grooming them for a wwe title shot like that's i feel like where the intercontinental title lies it could also be viewed like that for the United States title. I think the United States title is more of a more mid card than the IC title is, but that's neither here nor there. I think that it's it's also very prestigious. Like a lot of big names have held both those titles. So I mean, like I just think it'd be a little bit too like disrespectful to put a title like that on him. Hell, I actually wouldn't be mad if if, if he if he got the twenty four seven title and he just I don't know if that he they even still have that going on. But whenever he got the twenty four seven title, come on now. I mean, come on, man. He's like, yeah, okay, just just have him be the twenty four title to the seven seventy four. What what did our truth call the twenty four seven seven eleven i ninety five south i ninety five south title? Okay, so beautiful. Logan could just kill everyone and just keep the title forever. I don't really care. He shouldn't be anywhere near prestigious. 
title. So I mean, like, I, I just, I just don't think. I mean, like, it's disrespectful to the amount of wrestlers who are on the road all the time and all the work that they put in just so it can go to like somebody who like isn't isn't as prestigious or hasn't been in the in the business enough to be put in a position to win a title like that. You know, like like I said, it's groomed for people who are supposed to be going to the top. Look at Austin Theory. Austin Theory won the United States title and then. <coughs> Feuded with Lashley, and now like he is the Money in the Bank briefcase holder, and he's going to the top. Like, I mean, unless you want to book Logan like that, but you know, personally for me, he's not in my top five wrestlers list. He's not in my top ten. He's not in my top fifty. Like, I mean, like he's not someone I could really put in that category. Why would I give him a title like IC or United States to like try to elevate him to a point that I'm not going to book him at? Like, it just, it just, it won't. It's not going to happen for me. So. We can go on all day about this, but I'm just going to end simply by saying this, and I already won the debate by saying this. One, money talks, money talks, and two, Santino Morella was the Intercontinental Champion at one point. Yeah, Santino's a wrestler. (laughs) Like, he's a wrestler. You can't just say he's not a wrestler. But him putting his hands together and just poking your neck was his finisher. Dude, everyone what? loved Santino. Everyone loved... Dude, dude, the Cobra. Like, everybody in high school used to do that shit, bro. Come on. Mark was a goofy ass I know that. He's, a, he's goofy as fuck. But, I mean, come on. He's the best. Santino was the best. What did Hornswoggle EC do? Like... It, okay, it, that it, didn't need to happen. That, 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 I disagree. Okay, he could have... Hornswoggle was... No, Hornswoggle was cruiserweight title. Just got into the ring and I think he frog splashed Jamie Noble and he, like, won it. It was crazy. It's wrestling, guys. All these marks taking their wrestling too seriously out here nowadays. You know? <laughs> Nick just did something really goofy, and y'all can't see it, unfortunately. But I myself with the Cobra. Before, so, we're just going to end it here uh, before I go off here. Thank you all for watching the West Next Podcast, Episode 5 Wrestling Edition. My name has been Chanel Wilkins. My name has been Nick Provenzolano. Remember to check out the podcast and check everything up to date about the podcast on our Instagram, underscore West Next Podcast, underscore. You can watch this episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and RSS.com. The RSS... Sorry, the Spotify and the Apple Link podcast are in the bio of my Instagram. Thank you all for watching. Love you all. Peace. Be ready to watch the stream rules, everybody. I'll see you later.